This is the show that brings to the forefront newsmakers, entertainers, and those making a difference in our lives and in our world. Each week is a new adventure with topics ranging from the most serious and cutting edge to the most lighthearted and entertaining. This is Taking Care of Business with Richard Solomon. Greetings, everyone. Richard Solomon. When we had Eric Pohl from Best Disney Trips come to the radio station, we just couldn't pack it all in. We just, there's <laughs> just too much ground to cover. So we brought him back. So thank you for being back. Pleasure. And, and, Thanks for okay, having me. So other shows have had other topics, and this show will focus on Epcot. So let's talk about Epcot. So what, what's sort of like the, oh, just give me the, oh, what, what is the theme of Epcot? Um, Epcot. Epcot's probably my favorite park in all of Disney. Um, you know, there was definitely a very futuristic vibe to to the whole thing when, you know, Walt Disney sort of had this concept. It actually stands for Experimental Prototype City of Tomorrow. Oh, wow. So it's, it's all about, you know, Walt's infatuation with progress and the future. And, and also his, you know, belief in people and just, you know, the shared experiences of different parts of the world and different cultures. And, you know, that's how the whole World Showcase part of it kind of works together. Um, I, I, I love Epcot. You know, it's, it's when, when I was a kid, there wasn't that many rides, so it wasn't that exciting. Um, they've done a very good job of, you know, adding some really cool rides there, so now kids want to go. And then for adults, I mean, just to me, walking through the countries... And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into all of them, I'm sure. But as soon as you get to World Showcase, you make a left. Mexico is the first country. My personal favorite thing to do, grab a margarita, frozen <laughs> margarita, and just walk through. And then, you know, you get to, you know. Because it's to, 5 o'clock somewhere. <laughs> right. You get to, then you hit Germany and you get a beer there. And then you're walking and you're getting France where they have all those, you know, all their really great concoctions. And then you hit United Kingdom with their pubs and you know, yeah, I mean, drinking around World Showcase is very, very popular. Um, but just, I don't, I definitely, as much as I go, I definitely don't get to do it as much as, which is just being able to just walk through the countries, relax, have a drink, and kind of just really admire and appreciate everything there. It's really, really amazing how they do it all. What's, what's sort of interesting is that Epcot is so much bigger than it feels. Yeah. You know, when you look at it sort of either on a map yep. or... You know, you just look at the different uh, rides and foods and countries. Yeah, you're like, okay, but when you're there, it's like, oh my god, what a schlep! You know, to yeah. go to go from it's, it, yeah, it's well, it's definitely big, but it's actually the easiest park to navigate because it's got two parts. It's got Future World, which has basically all different rides and you know attractions and things of that nature, and then you come to World Showcase, which is just a very large lagoon with countries that go around it, you know, pretty much in a circle. So you just have to walk around the whole lagoon to kind of go through the whole thing. Now, for, 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 for those who've never been there, is it sort of like a World's Fair? Yeah. You know, because they don't do them anymore? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I definitely think so. You know, they, they also, you know, now they have the Flower and Garden Festival in the spring. They have the Food and Wine Festival in the, festival in the fall. And what they do, and the food and wine is really the big one, but what they even do for, for the flower and garden is they make these smaller kiosks in all the countries, and they have different types of, you know, cocktails and drinks and snacks and, and little types of, like, appetizer food type things. Um, the food and wine festival is really amazing because not only will they have the countries that are there, which are, you know, Mexico, Norway, China, Germany, Italy, the United States, uh, Japan, Morocco, France, the United Kingdom, and Canada, they'll bring in other countries and set up kiosks for, you know, other countries, Brazil, uh, Jamaica. Uh, I mean, there's, there's, really, there's really tons of them. It's, 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 it's really amazing. And every year they kind of add new ones. Um, it's, it's, it's really quite an experience. I definitely recommend anyone, anyone that doesn't you know, if if you're thinking of going to Disney and maybe you want to make it more of an adult type trip, go during Food and Wine. You'll you'll definitely appreciate it and have a great time. Is there a separate extra charge for the nope. Food and Wine? The, no, the only thing that costs extra is whatever food you buy. So yeah, I mean, there's no extra. It's the it's the park admission. So whatever ticket you have to the park that gets you into Epcot, and then you know whatever you're buying while you're there. 
beauty of it with the meal plan is a lot of the items and a lot of the kiosks count as snacks. So you could definitely use your snack credits. Um, They also do cool things. You know, they give you like a passport book and you can go through and, you know, do things with it. They sell gift cards so that you could, you know, just buy a, you know, put $50 on a gift card and walk around. This way you're not always, you know, charging things or whatever. And, you know, every time you get a snack or a drink, you just kind of deduct it from there. Um, But the cool thing is it counts as a lot of things count as snacks. All right, let's talk about some of the countries. At, in Norway, isn't there something with Elsa and Anna? Yeah, so Norway's where the the they do Frozen. So there's a uh, very popular um, princess um, meal there called at at a restaurant called Akershus. Um And then you have Frozen Ever After, which is the ride that's based on Frozen. For anyone that had been to Epcot, you know, in the last fifteen years, twenty years, the ride that was in Norway, which was called the Maelstrom. It's actually the same physical ride. They didn't change the ride at all, but all they did was add Frozen to it. So um, now when you go into every room in this boat, there's something from, you know, with Anna, Elsa, Olaf, or one of the characters from from Frozen. And then they built a separate Anna and Elsa meet and greet um, there also as well, um, which is kind of funny how they do it. You know, when Frozen first came out and Anna and Elsa obviously were the big thing, which they kind of still are, but more so when that movie first came out. I mean, they used to have, you know, Anna and Elsa standing outside and there was a wait and uh, I think it was three or four hours at a minimum to wait to meet them. Well, Disney got really smart with how they kind of do these meet and greets now. And the Anna and Elsa is a great example. Now they're indoors. You kind of still wait outside. I mean, there is part of the line that goes inside. But basically when you get to the front, they take, you know, two or three groups at a time and walk you into a separate room, which... You get in there and Anna and Elsa are there or, you know, whatever character that you're going to see in different parts. You don't know that there's like four or five different rooms. So they're, you know, quadrupling the capacity. So those days of four-hour lines are gone. Now you're waiting 30, 40 minutes because they're just funneling people through it so much quicker. Um, so, and, you know, kids don't know. And uh, and it's great for parents because you're not you're not wasting so much of your day waiting to meet one character or two characters. The problem is let's let's assume there's a twelve hour day. Yeah, you know, do you really want to waste one fourth of your time on one right exactly. attraction? I, yeah. I mean, I remember. I mean, I have three boys, but when I mean my son who's now eight, when he was still in a stroller and napping, I remember I waited on that three and a half hour line just because they wanted to meet him, and I was like, he's sleeping anyway, so I'll just wait here. And I had my margarita, and I was <laughs> no. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, are there any other rides in either you know Norway, Mexico? Yeah. So, well, there's only two. As of right now, there's only two rides in in all of World Showcase. You have Frozen Ever After, which is what we just talked about. There's a boat ride in Mexico, which is called the Grand Fiesta Tour with Donald and the Three Caballeros. Um, that ride's been there for a long time. They added you know Donald Duck and the Three Caballeros to it a number of years ago to make it more you know, exciting, and now the kids want to go on it because Donald's on there, and he does funny things when they're on there. Um, I've, I've always loved that ride. I, I mean, I just... I, and, and what the, the uh, changes they made to it were really good, um, but I just... I've, I've, I always like being on that ride. Um, the other cool thing is one of, one of the restaurants in Mexico, there's, there's, there's two. There's one that's actually in the pavilion that's called the San Angel Inn. Um, when you first get on that boat ride it actually goes like you can actually sit on the water and kind of see the boats as they're going into the ride um it's a little dark but it's 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 but it's kind of cool um so those are the only two rides right now they're actually they they just announced last year that they're building a new ride in france based on the the ratatouille movie (laughs) the ride actually already exists in uh disneyland in uh paris um and they're just bringing it here um, so, are they physically bringing it? No, or, well, they're or re, no, because you said oh, like the electric parade. You said they shipped oh, yeah. out. Oh yeah, well, right. They that shipped was, out to California. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, well, that that was actual floats. No, no, no. They are replicating it. Thank you. Okay. They are replicating it, and they're and they're adding it to France. Uh, they're also not in in uh, World Showcase, but they're building a Guardians of the Galaxy uh, roller coaster in Epcot as well, which is supposed to come out, I think, 2021 or something like that. Oh wow! Um, of all the different places. In the World Showcase, what, what what are the foods that grabbed you? Um, you know, I think for each person, it's what kind of cuisine you like. I, I love. Mexi- I'm asking for you. Yeah. What, what, what grabbed you? I love Mexico. I love China. Um, I really like uh, that. The, there's a restaurant right outside of Morocco on the lagoon called Spice Road Table, which is really really good. Um, 
th- those are my favorite kind of foods, you know, Chinese. Um, I'm not a huge, I mean, I like sushi. I don't really love it. I'm not a huge sushi person, but I do like Japanese food. But that's why I say China. So definitely Mexico, definitely China. Uh, I love Mediterranean food. So Spice Road Table. Um, there's also, I mean, there's so many, there's so many good options. I mean, in, in, in Italy alone, there's three restaurants, table service restaurants, two of which you can make reservations at. One's called Via Napoli, one's called Tutto Italia. There's also another restaurant there that you can't make a reservation at, but it's, it's kind of like in a wine cellar, which is really good. Via Napoli is really, really great for families. They do more of like fresh pizzas and stuff like that. They have some of the traditional dishes, but the pizzas are really what they're known for. In fact, when we went there, you can get a pizza. It's like forty dollars. It's like it's like a it's like a meter, a meter long. Um, but you know, you could split that with five, six people, get a couple of dishes. It's and it's you know, it's like that fresh, you know, fresh homemade, you know, baked dough and you know, really good ingredients. Um, so those are probably my my favorite restaurants, but. I mean, I send people to everyone. I mean, people that love German food, they really, you know, they love the, the there's a buffet in Germany that, that, that they really like. Uh, there's a steakhouse in Canada called, called Le Cellier that's excellent. You know, you really, I always tell people, you know, Epcot, it's really the, the, the cuisine that you like. I mean, you tell me what cuisine you like and I'm going to send you to a really good restaurant. I mean, there's just too many good options there to mention. Well, the one thing I kind of noticed about Epcot was if, if, if it's hot, there's no place to go. You know, there's no place to like cool down because it's just so open and there's a lot of walking. And yeah. it just seems like the sun can really just beat on you. Yeah, no, that's 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 definitely true, especially especially in World Showcase, you know, well, I mean, uh, the countries that don't have the rides, they either have walk-through exhibits or they'll have, you know, movies and stuff like that. So you can do a little bit of things, a little bit of things indoors, but you are right. It's definitely, you know, a big walking park, especially if you're going through the countries, and especially, you know, if you're all the way on the other side where like the US pavilion is or Japan or Morocco or France, and you got to get to the front of the park i mean other than there's there's a boat that kind of goes bet- from the u.s to like the front of world showcase and from morocco but i mean that's maybe saving you like eight or nine minutes nothing nothing crazy and you still got to walk the rest uh, like i noticed if you, you you really have to sort of be strategic about how you approach epcot because you don't want to go like go to like say spaceship earth oh, of course yeah and, and then go to italy <laughs> yeah and then go to future release because it's it's just you, you know, if you if you're carrying a lot of stuff, and it's hot and it's far, you know that that time issue really becomes sort of oppressive. You, you know, I always tell this to clients, and this is kind of how you know I say, look, there's a flow and a process to how Disney works, without a doubt, and you definitely don't want to be going from one side of the park to the other, back to the other side. That's kind of what we take pride in and what we specialize in, and when we design trips for people, is we know how to maximize the time and make it efficient so that you're not sort of doing that. Yeah. So, you know, if I have someone that, you know, when, when we talk about fast passes with Epcot, Epcot's, Epcot works in two tiers and they basically take their three main rides and put it in one tier and you can only pick one, which is Frozen Ever After in Norway, Soarin' and Test Track, which are both in Future World. If I have a family that they want to fast pass, you know, Frozen Ever After, then I won't do it at nine o'clock in the morning if they're coming from the front of the park because then they got to go and then they got to go all the way back to future world we'll save it for the afternoon or maybe right after lunch um so yeah there's there's definitely a flow and a process uh you know you definitely want to make sure that you're you know strategically hitting certain things and you know not making yourself kind of crazy because you know as you said it can get hot and even though you know all these attractions are indoors um, you still got to walk outside to get to them. So, you know, and especially in Future World, I mean, there's a lot of different attractions that are, you know, pretty close to each other. So when I have someone that's doing Test Track, Mission Space is right next to it. I'll do those back to back. When I have someone that's doing Soren, you know, Soren's right next to the Seas with Nemo and Friends on one end and the Figment ride on the other end. So, you know, we'll always, you know, plan things accordingly so that, you know, they're not kind of running running crazy all over the place. Let, let's talk about Soren because that... That is a wildly popular ride. Mm-hmm. Talk, let's explain it to people who don't know what it is. So Soren's a ride. It's they basically you're you're sitting in a row of I think it's I don't know ten seats, and then when the ride I'll call it a ride, but you know you physically don't go anywhere. Um, but the the seats actually get lifted, and you're put in front of a gigantic IMAX screen, and it simulates you flying 
it what when it first came out it was just it was just over parts of california um a couple about i think two years ago they they did a couple things number one they added a third theater which was huge because you know the, the the lines for these rides is just based on capacity. So they were doing they were funneling people into two different theaters. Now they're funneling funneling them into three. So it just has more capacity. So you know, whereas the line for Soren will definitely get you know, it's not going to be five minutes, but it won't get as crowded as fast as like a test track or even a Frozen Ever After, just because it has more capacity. But so they put you you're you're, you're in the seat. They put you in front of this giant IMAX screen, and it simulates you flying over you know very famous iconic places in the world. I remember like the Eiffel Tower. The, yep, Eiffel the, Tower, the, Monument Valley, uh, Igazu Falls in Brazil, Sydney Harbor. Um, but a couple of other, you know, the Fiji Islands, different different things. Um, they it takes you through um a, a part of Africa where there's elephants roaming. The really cool thing that they do on Soren also is, you know, one of the things I miss about the old Soren was in when it was based on California, they would fly you over the orange groves and it would, they would spray in the smell of orange so you smelled like you were you could actually smell the oranges so now they took smell, that away. Ar- smell around <laughs> right so now they do that a few times they do it um one of the so they take you over the taj mahal and you smell like the the uh pine trees or you know there's like these certain bushes that are like basically approaching it and then when you're in africa you can actually smell the grass yeah yeah i remember um, that yeah, yeah yeah it's it's really really cool and then of course it ends it ends in disney um with fireworks and 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 what have you i always tell people um you know it's definitely one of the coolest rides you'll ever go on it's also the only ride you'll ever go on where when it ends everyone claps it's amazing yeah you know what's interesting is it, the ride goes very fast yep when you you know you, by the time you get strapped in and you're ready to quote take off it it's like it goes so fast but i don't know if it just feels that way because there's so much Sensory input, yeah. because you're 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 getting wind on your face. You're seeing this gigantic, you know, image in front of you that's all perfectly, you know, digitized, and then you have the smells. Right. So you know, all it's, it's one of the few things that you're. It's like a it's a whole experience. Your body is just going through a whole experience. I guess it's, it tricks you to feel like you really are like flying and experiencing yep. something that's not really there because it's all basically a big illusion. Yeah. You know, um, I thought that was very cool. Yeah, you know, and we had I'll tell you a funny a little anecdote. We had a, you know, again, we we go so often that, you know, it, I can't say that if I go once and I don't get on something that I even, you know, second guess it just because we go so often now. But we were there. This was, I think, last year and we were on the line and one of my kids was wearing, you know, a Nick shirt or something or giant shirt, some, the, the foot, you know, New York football team. And uh, the girl who was working there was from Brooklyn or somewhere in New York. And we were talking about New York because we're from there and we live there and everything. And. When we got off the ride, she came up to us and said, do you want to ride again? And so we were like, sure, of course we do. Why not? And But what I thought was really cool is that the way that they do it is before you get on the ride, they're placing you on a basically like like a, um, a staging area where each person basically would, would, would fill a seat. So not only did she say, do you want to go on it, but she had to basically – reserve those seats for us ahead of time in order for us to do it because she couldn't just kick people off. So I just thought it was kind of cool. It was like one of those Disney magic things where it wasn't just, oh, you want to just go ride it again. It's not only are you going to ride again, but I saved spaces for you so that you could do it. Really cool. All right, we'll be right back. Richard Solomon taking care of business with Eric Paul on Disney. BestDisneyTrips.com Hi, this is Rory Cosgrove, and you're listening to Rich Solomon on WCWP 88.1 FM. Richard Solomon, Eric Paul, we are whizzing through time and space talking about the Epcot experience in Florida, in Orlando, Florida. And uh, in case you don't know, uh, Eric is just one of those people who knows everything about, you know, planning a Disney trip, so bestdisneytrips.com. So now we're, we're kind of talking about the different rides in uh, Future World, East and West. And for no, in no particular order, I guess, because I have a little map here, it says <laughs> I, I'm going to just do Future World East. So Spaceship Earth. Spaceship Earth is actually the first thing that you kind of yep, confront, it's, right? It's the big, huge golf ball. Yeah. That's what people associate it with. Well, what is it supposed to be? 
It's like a radar antenna, or what is? Uh, you know, it? I actually don't know why, why why it looks. I just think it was an iconic symbol, but it's probably it, you're probably right. It probably was built for a specific reason, but it's basically a ride through history. Um, a very very cool ride. If the, for anyone that went on it, you know, when it first came out, you'll remember that it was was actually narrated by uh, Walter Cronkite. Um, oh, I don't remember that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, my brother, my older brother, and I always still quote it because uh, it used to end. He used to end with this quote called, um, he used to say, today, tomorrow, and tomorrow's child. And this song used to come on where this woman sang about tomorrow's child. We still sing it to each other just because we always thought it was funny. Uh, But now it's uh, Judy Dench that does it. And, um, you know, it's basically a ride through history. It starts when, like, the you know, with the cavemen and everything. And it takes you throughout, you know, history all up, up, basically up until the creation of the computer. Um, But it's a very, very cool ride. It's... It's um, you know it's a slow moving ride, so anyone can go on it. Um, and what they they actually did a really cool thing with it because you know some kids, even though it's a ride, some kids could get a little bored. But now what they do is they take your picture in the beginning of the ride, and as you're kind of coming back to Earth because you're supposed to you know basically leave Earth as you're coming back on in your spaceship, they have you answer all these questions, and then they play this video of your future where they basically take your picture that they took of you, and it looks like your head on top of, like, you know, one of the cartoons from, like, the Jetsons. Um, but, like, the kids all get a kick out of it because, you know, they make silly faces and whatever. And, you know, you create your future. You have a flying car or you're, you know, living in outer space or under the ocean or something. Um, and then when you get off the ride, you can actually go into this entire area where there's different, like, play things to do. But you could the, big, the main thing is you could take that video that you just made and you could email it to yourself or your friends or your family. Um, so the, the kids really get a kick out of that. Yeah, I remember there was this whole big room of stuff. Yeah. Um, what's deceiving is that, you know, when, from the outside, you can't tell that there's all this stuff going on on the inside. Right. Because you kind of go on like this gigantic, you know, ascent up. Yep. And then you kind of go down or you yep. go down backwards. I forgot what if you go down sort of backwards. Yeah, but yeah. Looking, it takes looking, you backwards. Yeah, you go backwards, but you look behind you. And it's just, you know, the thing that I kind of thought was, how do they put all this stuff in what what is essentially a sphere? Right, because you, you just don't. It's antithetical to think that there's so much stuff yeah. inside what doesn't look like a big enough space to house all that. You yeah, know, no, it's it's rides. it's yeah. amazing. I, and trust me, I go on every time I go on. I'm always looking to see: Do I, you know, where am I? Am I at the top? Am I in the middle? Am I in the bottom? And then, yeah, when you when you go backwards and you're kind of going back to Earth, you know, they kind of. They're they're distracting you with with this video of your future, so you're not really even paying attention to what's kind of going on around you. All right, Project Tomorrow. What's that? Inventing the wonders of the future. Is that is that all the stuff that that is inside Spaceship Earth? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, let's see now. What do we have? Test Track presented by Chevrolet. Yeah. So Test Forty track, inches. Yeah. Test Track. So basically, in all of Epcot, you have Test Track. And you have Soren that are the two like main rides. They both have 40 inch height restrictions, which is great because most kids, especially you know once you reach, you know five six years old, most kids are 40 inches, and everyone can go on it. Uh, it's a very cool ride. You get to design your own car of the future, and then it takes you basically on a test track where you are supposed to be testing the car that you created for speed and efficiency and you know a lot of other stuff and it gives you a score and you know you could in each little test it tells you you know of everyone that's that's sitting in the vehicle with you which one whose car did the best for that specific test uh it's a fun ride you basically get seated in what looks like a six passenger convertible car um and it's indoors and it does all these things it goes up hills it goes around different things it stops short it's you know simulates as like if you have to do a uh, like a like a sharp turn if like a car comes out of nowhere and then the big thing is at the end it takes you outside and it takes you around the track and it gets up to like 69 or 70 miles an hour um but it's no different than being in a convertible on the LIE going you know regular speed uh but it's cool now do any 
Do, are, are any of the cars defectively designed and you, like, crash? No, no, no. All the cars are the same. All the cars are the same. It's, it's yeah, I mean, the, the physical car that you're riding is the same. But, yeah, but everyone, the car that you've tested, the car that you've designed is really what they're pretending that you're driving. Because I can see a situation where I design a car and I can see at the end of the ride, hmm, got to yeah. go back to the drawing board. Right, exactly, exactly. No, I mean, you, you can see. It'll, it'll, it'll tell you that, you know, because you know maybe your tires are too big or too small, and you're, you're maybe you're efficient, but you're not fast. And there's there's power. I mean, there's all different types of ratings that that they give you. So it's a really really fun ride. Um, the only problem with it, it's it breaks down a lot. Um, if it, Was it too, is it too technical? Yeah, I, I don't honestly, I don't know. Um, you know, number one because of that outdoor part. So if there's any lightning in the area, they they'll they'll they'll, they'll shut it down. But it's definitely a ride if if you either have a fast pass for it or you're planning to do it. Pay attention to the app because it does close a lot. Um, they're pretty good at trying to get it restarted as quickly as possible. But you know, we've I mean, I remember one trip alone. We ended up going to that ride first. I think three separate days in 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 like an eight day time period. We went right there, and every morning it opened up late because something went wrong. Let's talk about the fast pass window because we didn't really ever get get to that in the other shows that yep. we've talked about. So when you have a fast pass, you can go from, I don't know, 11 to 12 at some ride. So so you can't enter before 11, but but how much, so you got to get, but you have to get in there at that time slot. Yeah, so basically for for the rides, they give you an hour window and it's whatever hour you've chosen when you, when you made the fast pass. So yeah, it could be from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Whatever, yeah, yeah. What they don't tell you is you actually have 14 minutes additional after that of a of a additional time. So you really have an hour and 14 minutes. But yes, if you go an hour and 15 minutes, they're probably going to tell you that it's too late. Um, I will say this: Disney's very accommodating. So, you know, I was the the last time I was there. I remember we were, we were on like Space Mountain or something, and they actually they actually said to someone, "Your fast pass is not for another seven hours." So. They're not going to let you on if you come out seven hours <laughs> early, but if you're a little bit early or a little bit late, you know, for the most part, they're pretty accommodating. But yeah, you have an hour window with an unwritten 14 minutes additional time that they don't publicize, but that exists. And then for if, if, if you fast pass a show, it's normally 15 or 20 minutes to get there. So those are the ones you have to kind of pay more attention to. Right, because the shows really do have to start. You right. Know? Yeah. Well, not only that, but they basically give you like a 15, 20 minute window because once that window closes, they then start landing in the people on the standby line. So, you know, they're filling in the space. And that... For that, they can't just let more people in. If they're pa- if they're full, they're full. Now in Epcot, are there any shows? No shows in Epcot. Okay, so that that takes care of that. Yeah. All right. So now let's go. What else is there? We talked about uh, oh the Epcot character spot. I remember that. That's where you can kind of meet, you know, uh, like you know, Daisy Duck or somebody yeah. and take you know, a picture. You know, kind of. I think I hit on this before, but um, or maybe it was the last show. Um, Epcot has two different tiers. So tier one is Soarin', Test Track, and Frozen Ever After, and you got to pick one. A fast pass I'm talking about, and your other two fast passes have to come from tier two. The thing with Epcot is there's not as many, I'll say, great choices for your tier two fast passes. Because, I mean, what I mostly do for people, I'll do Spaceship Earth, I'll do Mission Space. After that, you know, the Epcot character spot is probably the next busiest attraction. Um, because the other items that, that you could choose from, like the, the Seas with Nemo and Friends or Turtle Talk with Crush or the Figment Ride, you know, unless you're going during one of the four really busy weeks of the year, which is the February break in, you know, the February right. vacation week in New York, uh, Easter week, Thanksgiving week, and Christmas week, you know, the lines for some of those other rides like Figment and Nemo are really never more than five or ten minutes. And, you know, there's no reason to get a fast pass for that. So the Epcot character spot, I think, is a great fast pass option. It's also very good to sort of, you know, if you're not doing a character meal, you can meet three or four characters, you know, in one spot. And the the good thing about it is if you're doing a character meet and greet throughout, the, you know, in one of the parks, you know, you're normally waiting on a line to meet one character. And then if you want to go meet another character, it's another line in a different part of the park. The character spot, you're waiting on one line. And if you fast pass it, well, then you're in the front of the line. And when you get to the front, you then go from character A, B, C, D, 
just you know right right Hop, in a row. Skip, jump. Yeah. yeah, and it's normally it's normally Mickey, Minnie, and then either one or two of the other you know Pluto, Donald, Goofy, you know from that group. But and then across from that, there's another character spot, but it's not doesn't have a fast pass, which right now has Baymax um, from Big Hero Six, and then uh, some of the characters from Inside Out. Aha. All right, uh, let's talk about Turtle Talk because that that's a fave. Yeah. Uh, you know, I like that one. Turtle Talk's very cool. I mean, the kids love it. So basically, as soon as you get off the Finding Nemo ride, you go into this sort of small theater, and it's got this huge looks like a television screen, and crushes the you know turtle from the Finding Nemo movies, and he actually comes and interacts with the kids. He asks questions. He answers questions. Um, you know, and the whoever's playing Crush is normally pretty good at it, and you know. Oh, I thought I thought from an improv yeah. and just sort of great intellectual point, it was very challenging that they were funny, fast paced, were very specific, and really kind of grabbed the kids. You know, they they really touched them. You yeah. know, and it was funny, yep. and it was really light, yep. and it was they're very engaging, and they yeah. they they. they, they they do a great job. I mean, every time we've done it, it's always the kids have always had fun and and no and no two shows are ever really the same. No, with no, that one, you no, know? definitely not because you know he's doing some shtick that's a little bit similar, but he's always taking questions, so he's got to sort of answer on the spot based on whatever right. you know. And um, I don't think the uh, f- six and seven year old that are asking the question are you know part of the Disney cast that are now. <laughs> <laughs> at least what I saw, you know. Um, you know, I guess I guess the seven dwarfs mind train will always be the seven dwarfs mind train, but the crush thing was really just always different. Yeah, and I remember we kind of went a few times in a row yeah. because and you it was can, sort you of like, it's yeah. always different. Yeah, and it was it was cool. It was definitely cool. Um, let's just see uh, what else was there. The uh, let's talk the Coral Reef Restaurant, Chippendales Harvest Feast. So yeah, so Coral Reef is actually in the pavilion where where the the Nemo and Friends and Turtle Talk with Crush uh, rides and attractions are. It's a it's a pretty cool restaurant. Um, you're basically eating. You know that the Finding Nemo ride is basically built inside of a big aquarium. So that there's actually an actual aquarium, and they kind of superimpose you know the characters from Finding Nemo. So when you're eating there, you're eating in a very large aquarium. Um, a lot of people, you know, ask me about it. I'll, you know, I send a decent amount of people there. I have, you know, very specific, you know, questions and standards for people when I'm, you know, planning a trip for them. If if you want, you know, I get a lot of people that are like, you know, we want to we want a Disney experience meal. I don't want to go to, you know, a regular restaurant that I can go to at home. I want an experience. Coral Reef is a great experience restaurant because where are you going to eat in this big aquarium? Um, but in Epcot, I mean, I just love all the restaurants in all the countries. So I'll always be very, you know, honest with my customers and clients and say, you know, I personally think the food is a lot better at a lot of the restaurants in the countries. But if you're talking about an experience, I mean, the food there is good. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, there's just a lot better options. But from a, from a, you know, experience standpoint and, you know, the kids really like it. Um, I mean, I have tons of customers that you know love going there and they'll 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 go there you know every time they go back just because they like it so much so that one's really good the other one you talked about uh is called the garden grill which is a restaurant that's been around for many many years uh it's it's in the land pavilion where soren is um again the another reason why i've always loved it um it's actually a restaurant that rotates it rotates very very slowly but it moves and there's actually a a, uh, a ride uh, on the bottom floor next to Soren that's called Living with the Land, where it's a boat ride. It takes you through like the greenhouse and you know does some other it, you know and explains a lot of the you know how they're coming up with new concepts in like farming and all different stuff. Um, probably not the most exciting things for for kids, but you know I love rides and I always like that one. But from that restaurant, not only does it rotate, but you can but it overlooks parts of that ride where you could see it. So it's always kind of cool. And you know over the years they kind of updated it, so now it's a character meal where you can actually eat with Minnie, Pluto, Chip, and Dale. Um, it's probably the best character meal restaurant in terms of um, time with characters. Um, because by the time you're finished with your meal, um, 
you will have probably seen each character multiple times and sometimes you'll you'll even say okay i've 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 had enough but you know where some of these other restaurants you know maybe they come around once and you know you're looking for them again in that restaurant they're just always around now i'm looking at um a little book here uh that that is a disney book and let me just there were some interesting things here the universe of energy discover where energy comes from uh talk about that well that that's that's an old ride uh that actually, um, that's they actually just recently closed. Oh, really? Yeah, and that's kind of where they're building the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Oh, scratch that! <laughs> <laughs> it was actually a ride. Um, it, there was a the energy ride, and there was you know there was a ride that was there for a while that also recently closed. That was it, it was a uh, attraction that had to do with uh, Bill Nye the Science Guy and Ellen DeGeneres. Oh yeah, yeah. So that was kind of over in that area. Um, and that's what they recently closed. It was called Ellen's Energy Adventure. Um, it was a longer, it was like a 45-minute ride. It was a little bit of a, of a movie, and then they put you in this theater that actually moved, and it went through this sort of uh, path and through, like, dinosaurs and stuff, and then it took you into another room, which ended with a movie. But by the time you were done, it was a 45-minute experience. All right. Richard Solomon, Eric Paul, I'm telling you, this is this is flying by. We'll be right back. Keep it locked in. This is Taking Care of Business. And if you need to, check out bestdisneytrips.com. Hi, this is Anastasia Zeltos from Athens, Greece. And we listen to Richard Solomon on our computers. And we love it. Richard Solomon, welcome back to Taking Care of Business. Uh, You can always catch us on... Uh, our various social media platforms. And if you want to get our guest, Eric Paul, then you want to go to bestdisneytrips.com. All right. So today's show has been about Epcot. So we kind of really ran through the entire park and we really got a lot of really good information. Is there anything that we didn't kind of cover in the first two segments uh, of note? Yeah, no, we, you know, we just one, one ride of note called Mission Space, which I think I mentioned, but I didn't really talk about. Mission Space is a, is a simulator ride. Um, it's, um, there's actually two different versions of it. There's there's a a green mission which is like a less ex- like a mild version, and an orange mission mission which is a more extreme version. It's basically they uh, put you in this like four person spaceship, and it simulates you on the green mission. You go around around the Earth, and on the orange mission, you basically go to Mars. Uh, it's pretty pretty. Co- it's a really cool ride. Uh, really popular with kids. If you don't like the idea of being in a four-person spaceship, it might be a little bit claustrophobic. But other than that, it's a very, very cool experience. And then another attraction where when you are done, you walk out and there's not the same type size that you get at Spaceship Earth, but a smaller area with like a kid playground and then another thing where they you actually pretend to be at Mission Control and some other kind of stuff like that. So a lot of Disney's really good with like interactive fun things, especially when you get off of rides. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention about Epcot was Illuminations, which is their nighttime show. It's uh, it's a fireworks and laser light show. It takes place over World Showcase Lagoon every night, usually at nine or if the, you know whenever the park closes. But it's typically at nine. Very very cool show. Also very easy to see because you could really stand anywhere around World Showcase Lagoon and really get a good view of it. You can fast pass it. There's specific viewing areas. They've now branded it to there's a there's a dessert party that coincides with Frozen with <laughs> Norway where you could you know eat dessert and get a view of the uh, fireworks and they they actually let you get on the ride also, um, but it's a really really great show. Um, there's also one of my favorite things to do is you know again Mexican is one of my favorite cuisines. There's a great me- place in Mexico that's not in the pavilion. It's right outside. It's called La Hacienda, and it's located right on the lagoon. If you make a dinner reservation a little bit later, 7.30, 7.45, you could actually see the entire show from inside the restaurant while you're eating dinner or while you're eating dessert or just kind of sitting there having a drink. Um, very, very cool. You know, pretty much 80% of the restaurant, you have a really good view of the show. There's one small section where you actually can't see it from, but... If you make a reservation when you check in, which is typically about 15 minutes before your reservation, if you tell them that you would like a table with a view of the show, they're going to tell you, oh, it might be up to like a 30, 45 minute wait. It typically isn't, but at least they know that you want to have a table with with a view of the show. Very, very cool. They also dim the lights and, you know, 
pipe in the music and the you know commentary that's going on outside so that you really feel like you're you know standing outside watching it but it's a very very cool place to watch it you could also see it from spice road table which is right outside the morocco pavilion another one of my favorite restaurants but also another great place to watch the fireworks from while while you're eating i have to ask this question because it's just one of those things that's just jumping at me you've been to disney so many times have you ever gotten to see behind the scenes a little bit like the underground network or any of that stuff or? oh great story uh, you know m- my oldest son when when he was younger and my and my other kids weren't tall enough to go on certain rides he and i would go on rides by ourselves and every we had a, just this thing where every time we went on splash mountain in magic kingdom the ride broke down and one time it broke down at the very end it takes you up this big hill and it takes you down this huge drop and we were right at the top literally about to go over and it stopped and we got stuck there for 45 minutes and I got all excited and he's like dad why are you so excited and I'm like because they're gonna they're gonna you know not when it first stopped but when we were there for like a half an hour I said they're gonna take us off this ride they're gonna walk us through the walls we're gonna go underground we're gonna see everything well the ride turned on and then all of a sudden it was the longest like uh you know um pause <laughs> right, it, it was the longest anticipation of, of a drop in history but then our next and then we still joke about that and then our next time when we went alone they're just the two of us we actually got stuck after the big drop and they had to take us off the ride and they walked us sort of through the back but they were it was very interesting how they do it they were very specific they told you do not take your cell phones out do not take pictures of course i had a you know everyone has a cell phone in their hand they're just trying to snap whatever <laughs> photos they can um, but yeah i mean you know disney does have an underground city that's even bigger apparently than what's above ground and uh you know it's sometimes you kind of get glimpses of it. it's pretty cool have, have you seen any other glimpses uh, I have, and uh, you know, I've I've known some people that have worked there, and they've kind of told me about it. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, you could you could find stuff on on the internet, right? Because I've I've seen things on the internet where you, yeah. you they, they show you how like they move food and yeah. there's you know, there there's tours that you could actually you know tours through through Disney through the Magic Kingdom and you know you know basically like Epcot has one called Behind the Seeds, which they take you through the uh, land and something through their greenhouse. The Magic Kingdom has one called it's called Keys to the kingdom where it's a couple hours and they actually take you behind the scenes and you know show you some of these things um so yeah there's 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 legal ways to do it as well as if, <laughs> as well as if you're not uh, getting so, stuck so on a ride so if you don't want to put on your ninja outfit and right. climb over the wall right, right exactly. <laughs> and, you know one o'clock in the morning exactly so all right in the little bit of time that we have left, because you know, talking to you is is sort of like you know being in a very fast you know starship <laughs> and just traveling through space at light speed or at warp drive. Um, where where do you stay? You know, I mean, there's so many options. Yeah, there's so many great you know properties and 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 hotels that are part of Disney. But while we're talking about Epcot, I'll talk about probably my favorite, which is right outside of Epcot. There's what's called Disney's Boardwalk area which has three main hotels, the Boardwalk Inn, and it has the Beach and Yacht Club. Uh, Really, really great properties, great location. It's a five-minute walk to – there's actually a side entrance to Epcot that actually takes you in through World Showcase right in between the France and United United Kingdom pavilions. Um, And once you you leave that exit, the the amount of time it takes to walk from that exit – to like the beach and yacht club is really no more than five minutes and walking at a normal pace. It's really that close. Um, the beach and yacht club are great, great hotels. They're actually really similar. They're, they're attached to each other. The rooms are, you know, exactly the same. The only difference is the beach club has, has villas. The, the, the yacht club does not. And those villas are part of the Disney vacation club. Um, but they share an, um, amazing pool area multiple pools that are sand bottom pools they have a big water slide a little water slide a lazy river um one of the pools has this huge area in the middle with sand where the kids it looks like they're on a beach and they could build stuff and you know they have pool parties there and the characters come out um it's probably my favorite of all of the you know when i talk to clients and if they tell me they want to spend time at the hotel and go to the pool i mean there's so many nice pools and a lot of these hotels. That's probably my favorite. I just think it's one of the nicest ones there. Um, in fact, I have a lot of. I have a hard time getting my kids to go to the parks when we're at that hotel, just because they want to go to those pools. 
Um, it's also a really, really nice area because on the other side of the lagoon from the Beach and Yacht Club is not only the Boardwalk Hotel, but the actual physical boardwalk, which is like, you know, looks like a boardwalk from Atlantic City. It's got a couple of restaurants on there that are good. It's got Flying Fish, Trattoria Al Forno, which is a good Italian restaurant. It's got an ESPN Club restaurant. Uh, it's also got an amazing ice cream place there called Ample Hills Creamery, another good snack value item from your <laughs> dining plan. There's a bakery there. Uh, there's also at night, it, it's all lit up. There's street performers. There's carnival games. They have these Surrey bikes that you could, uh, you know, ride around the boardwalk where, like, the whole family could go on this giant car that's really a bicycle. We, we did that. Yeah. We did, yeah, that was actually one of the first things you we know, did. You know, it looks really fun until you realize that none of your kids are pedaling and you're doing all the work. <laughs> um, so as long as you go at night, and because uh, during the day it's it's it could <laughs> it's be really impressive. Hot. yeah but yeah I mean it's it's a fun it's one of those experience things you know where else are you gonna do that and the uphill is yeah. a little bit more challenging than yep. you would imagine yep. <laughs> my kids were like what are you talking about I was pedaling I said no you weren't you can't even reach the pedals I mean well not, now they can but the last time we did it they couldn't um, so yeah and then so. That area is really, really nice. The Dolphin and Swan hotels are there too, which are technically Starwood hotels. They're not Disney property hotels, but they're there also. So the same experience as far as you know, you could walk. There's also a boat that goes to Epcot from that area. And then on the other end of that same area is Hollywood Studios. So if you're staying in those hotels, you know, you're either a five to 10 minute walk to either Epcot or Hollywood Studios or a very quick boat ride. And the one thing that, you know, when I get a lot of clients and customers that call me, they always ask about the monorail hotels because of its proximity to the Magic Kingdom and the monorail. And nobody loves the monorail more than I do because it's a ride. And I, I, I love the monorail. Yeah. yeah. And, and if you were a kid, you know, somehow that gets burnt yeah. into your memory. It's so another you to, ride. Yeah, it's yeah. another ride. Yeah. But the thing I always tell people is, I said, look, if you're staying at the Grand Floridian or the Contemporary or the Polynesian, which are on the monorail, yes, you're, you're the monor- you could take the monorail to Epcot. You could take the monorail to Magic Kingdom. But you're a bus to Animal Kingdom and Hollywood Studios. When you're staying at Beach and Yacht and Boardwalk, you're walking or taking a boat to two parks, and you're a bus to the other two parks. So no matter where you stay in these deluxe properties, you're very easily accessible to two parks and a bus ride to the other two. So no matter how you slice it, you're going to be on a bus going to one or two parks. Um, you know, so I always tell people don't discount the beach. You know, beach and yacht and boardwalk area. It's a really nice area. Uh, I actually prefer to stay in that area over the monorail hotels. I just like the whole area better. Is it also because the monorail um, properties are just kind of overwhelmed with people, and that, that's the no, first? No, like I mean, a, you know, it's like a big, you know, you know, because that's what everybody thinks of. Yeah, know? no, no. I mean, look, I mean, all all of those hotels are really popular, and you know, it's not like you know you're going to stay at one over another, and one's going to be empty. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's no emptiness no, in Disney. <laughs> there's definitely no emptiness. I, I just think, you know, people tend to navigate towards the monorail ones first just because they think they need to be near the Magic Kingdom. And if they're, you know, I had, a, I had a family that had young kids and they told me they're going for six days and out of those, you know, they want to go to the park for four or five days and they want to go to Magic Kingdom three or four times. Well, if that's the case, then yes, staying on the monorail makes a lot of sense. But if you're going to hit all the parks... You know, I, I would tend to look at some of the other properties as well, just because they offer a lot of other great benefits that maybe you know you didn't you didn't really know about. Now, um, what what other hotels are there that may not be exactly on property but are close enough by? Um, another one of my favorites is called Wilderness Lodge. Wilderness Lodge is actually set right behind the Contemporary, not on the monorail, but it actually has a boat to the Magic Kingdom, and then you're taking a bus to all the other ones, but. It te- it'll, you know, because it's not on the monorail, it's still a deluxe property, which is, that's the other thing. So Disney has three categories. Oh, of yeah, let's ask, what, what's the difference in, in the tiers? So there's, there's value, there's moderate, and there's deluxe. So all the ones we're talking about are in that deluxe category. But, but what makes it deluxe? What, what, what are the amenities that give you a deluxe experience versus a value experience? Um, you know, the rooms are, 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 the rooms are nicer, the properties are nicer. Uh, I think the big difference with the deluxe properties are when you go into one of those hotels, you know, typically the rooms are in the main building or connected to the main building. When you're doing, you know, a value or a moderate property, they have basically smaller buildings that are located throughout the property. And when you open the door to your room, you're, you're outside as opposed to, you know, being, think of any hotel that you would stay anywhere where you're in a larger building. That's like the main difference, I think, at least 
for you know for certain people when they want to stay at like at, at like a deluxe hotel is that feel of being in this you know very elaborate type of hotel. Now, the Grand Floridian, which is probably has one of the nicest you know lobbies of any hotel you'll go to, very grandiose and you know there's lots of things going on. Great hotel. But a lot of their rooms, if you're not in a club level room, which, which gives you you know access to the to the club lounge, you're set in one of these buildings that are behind the main lobby. So I've had people where they're like, oh, I only want to stay in Grand Floridian because they think of when they walk into this lobby that it's this elaborate, and it is. But I'm always trying to explain, you know, unless you're staying in one of those rooms that are in that main building, you're walking outside to another building to get to your room. And you know, if I like to manage people's expectations. I don't want them to, you know, get there and say, you know, my room was really far away and I had to go outside and you know it wasn't what they expected. I like to at least, you know, tell them just so they know ahead of time this is what they could be expecting. Is rain a factor with all of that? Yeah, it could be. I mean, especially if you have to go outside, absolutely. When when is rain, rainy season? August, September? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, August obviously is is very rain, you know, basically the summer months, you know. Uh, we we were there once in August and like clockwork, like from four to six p.m. every day it rained. Um, but that was we went back to the hotel we knew, and then you go back to the park after. So, uh, but yeah, you definitely want to bring your ponchos in those re- in those seasons. Um, so in the in the couple of minutes left, we, did we cover all the hotels that were close by to Epcot? Yes. So uh, so if you want to just even though we're really talking about Epcot, are there any other places that are advantageous? Um, Hotel wise, well, they're they're actually building an entire uh, gondola system in uh, Disney that's going to connect the Pop Century Hotel, which is a value property, uh, Caribbean Beach, which is a moderate property, and it's going to connect it to Hollywood Studios and and to Epcot. Um, they're building that right now. Um, there's actually you know a lot of construction going on to build that. So when that comes out, that'll make those hotels very advantageous. They're actually also building a new, um, a couple of new hotels, um, but one of them that's going to be for a new vacation club property that's also going to be on this sort of gondola system. So that one's going to have a lot of advantages too. But no, I mean other than you know the monorail hotels being close to the Magic Kingdom and on the monorail. And the beach and yacht and boardwalk being close to Epcot and Hollywood Studios, and even you know Wilderness Lodge having that boat, um, you know that's really the main advantages of of, of those properties. Um, you know, there's uh, there's there's two moderate hotels that I really like, which are which are Port Orleans Riverside and Port Orleans French Quarter. That actually has a boat that goes to Disney Springs, which is a whole other. It's not a it's not a park, but it's a great. Um, it, it, it's what used to be downtown Disney and Pleasure Island. It's a lot of restaurants and shopping and it, a lot of outdoor stuff and really, really nice place to walk around. They keep adding new restaurants to it. It's really amazing. They've done a really incredible job. Um, we've gone, you know, in the last five weeks, I think I've been to Disney three separate times and I've gone to a new restaurant at Disney Springs every time just because they keep opening new restaurants and I like to try them all so that I could at least tell my clients I've, I've been there and, you know, uh, dining's my favorite, so I, I don't have to have an excuse to go to a restaurant. Well, we're out of time, but I, I would like to say one thing, which is I want your job. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I schlep in a hot suit and go to court and wait around and all this other stuff, and you're trying new restaurants and all the Disney and get to see all the things. They, they, you know, we'll, we'll have a minute, but are they always constructing? Are they always renovating? Or always, are they always reinventing themselves? I mean, it just seems like it's always, yeah, they, there's always they, something. They really are. That's that's what's amazing. I, I don't I don't see it stopping. I mean, you know, as I told said before, they're building Guardians of the Galaxy in Epcot. They're building Ratatouille in Epcot. They're building a. They're taking the Tron roller coaster that's in uh, Disneyland in Japan and building that in Magic Kingdom next to Space Mountain. They're adding new theaters to Magic Kingdom. They're adding all these new restaurants to Disney Springs. Yeah, I mean, they just keep adding and adding and adding. They're basically giving people. They're 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 making you go back. You can't, right. you know. All my clients that say we want to go and we want to just do it once, and I I know they're going to call me to go back because the, Disney's giving them reasons to. All right. Well, speaking of back, thank you for coming back for this episode. My pleasure. Thanks for and having for me. And for all of those who are listening, thank you for coming back each week to listen to us on the show. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. And by the way, just in case uh, you want to check it out, bestdisneytrips.com. See you in a week. Mm-hmm.